welcome. This here is Cletus, and this is Cletus's Garage. This week, we're going to be changing the air filter on our 64 steak bed. It's going to be the most exciting two hours you spend this week. Guaranteed. Psych, motherfuckers. It's living large and hard. Welcome to Living Large and Hard. It's an episode of Brushes with Fame. This one is part one of a two-parter that I'm going to call Less Than 48 Hours. Now, what I'm going to cover today is the whole 48 hours weekend. So if you're listening, I get, it doesn't fucking matter. You may end up listening to part two before part one, but... Does it matter in the grand scheme of things? Not even a little tiny bit. So what this is, uh, is a weekend that I went with Dog Boy and Edward, Edward Tim Rashid. Uh, why was he called Edward Tim Rashid? Because he was the whitest person that you could ever imagine. Yeah, a real country boy. Uh, Dog Boy lived in a trailer on the back of the mountain. Um, Blue Mountain, that is. And, God... We used to get up to some hijinks. And, yeah, there was a time before Dog Boy went in for neck surgery, and we were doing ecstasy. And then we went to the hotel. We were actually in the parking lot near this restaurant at the top of the mountain. And then we went over to get something. He wanted something to drink. And we get there, and uh, George the mailman was there. Uh, his name was George, and he was a mailman. And he had some weed, so Dog Boy, we're rolling on E. I, I didn't drink. And Dog Boy is drinking, and then he smokes weed with George the mailman. And now keep in mind, this is before he goes in for neck surgery the next day. So we're up there, and uh, he knows the owner of this restaurant because he lives down the mountain and over a little bit and they're talking and, and dog boy he goes I'm gonna piss in the sink <laughs> with the sink behind the bar because we were the only ones there at that point and the guy's like no don't do that but he did that um at this point one of his eyes is going one way one of his eyes is going another way his face is all flushed yeah he does have a happy grin on his face but he was um in a, on a different plane. So then we get outside and I'm going to take him home and we get out there and he's got to he's got to piss again. So <laughs> so we get and he just stops right outside the door. And I keep going, but I got to keep an eye on him because he's so wasted. So what happens is he gets there and then the piss wind starts and he starts wobbling back and forth and then he keels right the fuck over forward. Um, luckily, he had his dick in his hand, or he probably would have crushed that fucking thing. But what he did was gashed his head open. So we got back, back to my, back to the car. I was the driver, of course. And then I had to get out and find, you know, napkins in the car and push them on his head. And then we got back to his place, and he's giggling the whole time. Blood's gushing everywhere. And then 
take them to the bathroom and find a little more proper dressing than a, than a McDonald's napkin off the floor and clean them up a bit, tape them up, and go to bed. And I hear his wife, Why get the fuck in here? And uh, went in there to their bedroom. And she's like, What the fuck is this? And, well, he fell. And I said, I didn't have anything to do with it. She goes, I know, I know. But she was just a little aghast that his head was gashed open. And he was, he was still giggling as he was bleeding. Um, and he had to go to neck surgery the next day. So that was Dog Boy, Edward Tim Rashid, myself. And we were going to New York City to hang out with Armani Johnny for the weekend. Now, Armani Johnny was, is, I'm sure still, very vain, um, very clued into the scene. I spent a night up there with just me and Armani Johnny, and it was, it was so annoying. We would just... I wanted to go see a show, which I had alluded to in a, another episode, about the bass player going into the bathroom stall and uh, apparently doing heroin before I went in to do my cocaine. Um, I wanted to go to that show, and he kept putting it off, like, eh, we'll get there, we'll get there. You know, I wanted to see the show. And then afterwards, we're traipsing around trying to find the hot thing. And this is when, this would have been like, 19, like 2000, so cell phones were very primitive at that point. I mean, you actually had to call people because texting was, you know, ABC, DEF, that kind of thing. So it was easier just to call them, and he's calling, what's going on there now? What's happening now? Where are we? And we'd go, we'd pay the cover fee, which at first I was doing because he was hosting. I was crashing in his place. But then we'd go in and have a drink, and then he decided it wasn't happening, so off we'd go. So, uh, you know, I can stop pretty much anywhere and find someone to talk to. I don't need to be where it's popping. And when, if you hit it, it's fine. If you don't, it's fine. But that was Armani Johnny's life. So anyway, we're going up there to hang out with Armani Johnny. So we get to his place, take the bus up. And um, this is called less than 48 hours. I don't know if I mentioned that because we were there for 43 hours in New York City. But, <laughs> wow. I mean, uh, it was Friday and Saturday when I woke up on Monday and I was still alive. I was not happy. It was brutal. But, so we get to Armani Johnny's. Uh, the powder comes out. And then... What we're doing is going to uh, Azadina Laya retrospective at the Guggenheim Soho. And I know who that is, because I used to be quite the fashion fag back in the late 90s, early 2000s. The other guys don't and don't care. So that's where we're headed. But that's day one. Day one turned out to be really something spectacular which I will cover in the next episode. It Whatever. I'll put a, a caveat on the second part to listen to the first part first, but hey, free country, do what you fucking want. So my budget for that weekend ended up being about $400 I spent. 200 bucks on Coke, 175 on booze, and then like 26.50 on food that we ordered 
that nobody ate because we were all coked up. At one point, we were laying around our money Johnny's on day two, waiting for the next eight ball and the Thai food to be delivered because it's New York. They'll deliver right to your door very courteously, your drugs. So that was kind of interesting. Um, outside brushes with fame, there were things like crossing the 59th Street Bridge with 13 people in a two-seat van with three six-packs of beer, what was left of the eight ball, me with my lip bleeding all over the place because to open a beer bottle, I hit it on the edge of a payphone and I noticed there was a big piece of glass, so I cut my lip, so there was that. Um, you know, more than a little illegal. Went to a converted mayonnaise factory and some young, youngish, yeah, they, were, they were young, Latina women, asked me if I liked salsa, and I said, uh, I do like salsa, the food, but salsa dancing is beyond me. But they said, oh, come on out. And I danced with them, and then the man that they'd left at the table was obviously not happy that they wanted me to go salsa dancing with them. And after a little bit of that, I thought it would be better to not get killed dancing in a converted mayo factory. We also went to a rave that got busted about five in the morning. Uh, warehouse rave. It was really fucking cool. Uh, really fucking cool. And multi-level. The beats were popping. I was out dancing with the gay boys. Uh, some dickhead, when we were up on the roof, cooling off, someone threw a fucking empty bottle down. And then, the, uh, like, within the hour, the cops were there. And, man, there was dozens of them everywhere. And then people are yelling, you know, you got to leave, you got to leave, you got to leave, because the, the rave got busted. And we're walking down the stairs. Cops aren't even looking at us. They got their hats off. They're just chit-chatting. So that was interesting. Um, and then on, like, the, the last festive thing was we were playing spoons at Armani Johnny's, and there were women involved. And I don't know what this game was, spoons, but when you lost... You had to do something and grab a bunch of spoons and whoever didn't grab one had to take an article of clothing off and the boys had their shit together and were cheating to get the women naked but I didn't have my shit together so I got naked before everybody else which I didn't mind gave a little strip tease to get out of my undies and then put some of my clothes back on and went up on the rooftop um, which would have been Sunday morning early Sunday morning. The sky looked like the dull side of aluminum foil after you roll it out with a little, with a, just like a wrinkled sheet was the sky. The sun was there, but it didn't register as being there. It sat up there and it was Sunday morning, so New York was relatively quiet. And it was, it was pretty nice coming down at that point. Um, it just aired out my junk for a bunch of strangers. So giving a thumbs up, see, thumbs up. Now look up. I know you're over there busy, but look up. Thumbs up. All right. So that's the, and then we took the bus back. And uh, I did talk to the barman in the Port Authority because he remembered me from before. 
<laughs> That's how often I used to go to New York and drink and talk to people. Uh, and then we got on the bus and went home. And like I said, I woke up Monday. And fuck, it was brutal. Oh, well. So this would have been, remember, this is day two. Night two, I should say. We went to the Gagosian Gallery for the opening of the Damien Hurst exhibit there. And I'll throw some... On Facebook, there's a Living Large and Hard page that is exists for this podcast. And some of the... Well, my Instagram photos will pop over there. Living Large and Hard on Instagram just kind of exists for me to take pictures of oddball shit. And... You can get a hold of me at either place. Or you can do it through the SoundCloud app. You can message if you're listening through that. So this is the second night. We get to the Gagosian, and the people are going, go away, go away. Because it was, it was out into the street with so many fucking people. Go away. It's here for months. Go away. What are you, stupid? Go away. These are the people that work there. Um... So anyway, like I said, I'll throw some Damien Hirst shit up there. Some of it, there's these dot paintings, which I think is stupid. What got most of the attention for him back then, this is the year 2000s when all this happened, was back in the late 90s. He did, uh, I think it was a calf in formaldehyde, life-size was the first thing. Then he did a shark, and he also cut a cow in half. So you could walk between the two halves in formaldehyde. This one had some giant sculpture, which was pretty cool. I mean, it was fucking big. Um, he also did a little set of pills. They were exact copies of prescription drugs on shelves made of metal. I don't get it. Um, there were, like a cow head with air nozzles that blew <laughs> ping pong balls so they floated yeah i don't know it was yeah, overall it was cool the thing that got me there was a dent uh, was a dentist chair or a gynecological exam chair it might have been gyne- either way it was one of those kind of chairs in formaldehyde and there was a pearl necklace on the little instrument table on the side and it kind of wafted so I thought for some reason that was moving I don't know could be the coke and the booze um so anyway there's that we were there for that fucking jam packed like I said took forever to get in and then because I'm tall n-word Tim Rashid dog boy and Armani Johnny I'm like look I'm just gonna go because I can see everything over the crowd, just to me it's not crowded. Um, and I'm just gonna take off. So I'm wandering around. And I see this, I see that, I see the, you know, the fucking pearl. Um, and I go in a room and there's this guy standing in an exhibit, but he's facing outward, like next to it, like, look at me. And I hit the Rolodex in my head and I went, holy fuck, that's Salmon Rushdie. So I go to find my crew, and I go, dog boy. He goes, what? I go, there's $6 million standing in the next room. And he goes, what do you mean, piece of art? I go, no, 
That's Salmon Rushdie. There's a fatwa on his head. There's a reward. Let's grab the motherfucker. And, um, yeah, I was serious. And Armani Johnny knew that with me and Dog Boy, if something like that happens, that we're talking about it, there's a chance that that's what we're going to do. So he said, no, they're, uh, they called the fat wolf. I go, really? I got six million bucks, man. All I can do is grab that motherfucker. He goes, no, that's it. They called it off. Uh. I go, when? I want heart. I want proof. And he said, no, this is, this is like six months ago. Okay, so what happened is Salmon Rushdie wrote this book called Satanic Verses, and um, it defiled Muhammad or something like that. And so the Iranians, especially the you know, Ayatollah was pissed about that, so they put a fat wad body on his head, six million dollars. Then I, immediately I thought, well, if the fat is off and we and we kidnap him, but they don't want him and we're stuck with him, that could be funny. I go, there's sitcom material right there. You know, living with salmon. Um, then tooling around some more, and near the end, there's Martha Stewart. And Martha Stewart did not look like I thought Martha Stewart would look. She was a lot bigger. Um, and her, like she looked gray, gray and lumpen. She looked oatmealish. Uh, you know, I wasn't. I was impressed with seeing Sam and Rushdie because I thought the motherfucker would be like totally in hiding and instead he's standing out there going, "Hey, look at me! I'm Sam and Rushdie." Martha Stewart, who gives a fuck? I'm not into that whole thing. I believe this was before she went away for tax evasion. So that's like an overview. And night two, things are winding down on, on night two um, of our less than 48 hours. And the next episode that I will put out, which may be the first one you hear. I know, I'll quit going over that shit. Uh, that's when things, night one was nuts in a very, in many good ways. And the people from New York, Johnny, Armani Johnny's crew kept saying, oh, you country boys are really hanging tough. Oh, you went to see what? You did what? Yeah, you guys are, you guys are hanging, man. You guys are New Yorkers. Yeah, okay. So that's it. Uh, thanks for listening. And this is Living Large and Hard. I have over out 309, Allentown, Pennsylvania, from the Skybox. Um, let's listen to some traffic, like we always do. Enjoy that soothing traffic noise that I have to live with all day, every day up here. Okay? Bye-bye. <laughs>